0: Frank, I did something this week that I don't often do. You bought something, right? You, you no, do I do that the all time. the time. Uh, oh, right. I got that confused. <laughs> you, you should have said, uh, James, have you kickstarted anything this week? And the answer is actually, <gasps> yes, I'm about to Indiegogo <gasps> something. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait till we do a whole podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I figured off uh, we would kick off year two of Merge Conflict, try new things. And this uh, this year, I went into an Apple store.
1: Oh, were you like boycotting them or was it just not your thing they didn't sell android devices there i guess that'd be a turn off yeah it's like if you don't have android then what's the bother no actually
0: i actually had to go talk to the geniuses at Uh-oh. apple <laughs> spill some water <laughs> yeah so no so what happened here is um i have a macbook adorable as everyone knows it's in rose gold it's adorable it's cute and everyone should own one mm-hmm. and my w button uh stopped working
1: oh yeah i think we were chatting when this happened
0: yeah. <laughs> like oh there goes the w it's not that it stopped working it actually just it kind of didn't have the same click as it should so you'd have to like press hard and i was missing all the time so after about trying to schedule on and off with the geniuses and moving around my schedule and i forgot to go one time i, I finally did it to find out by the way that uh they just had to air blow it, and there were some crumbs underneath there. So, pro tip. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> and, and the guy was telling me, he goes, you know, these these keys are so shallow that, if anything, a speck wow. of dust gets under there. Because they could actually yeah, pop yeah. it off. They were going to pop it off there, which is really cool. Oh. They are super nice.
1: Mm-hmm. I, so, I heard they're pretty fragile. Just if anyone's thinking about it, these keyboards are getting smaller and smaller. So, you do have to be very careful if you're going to pop them off these days. Yeah.
0: And, and, and he definitely recommended like, don't pop it off, you know, let us pop it off and they can do it in store, which is cool. And if that doesn't work, how he said these things are manufactured is they'll send them out, but they actually just replace the entire top of the keyboard. It's like one unit. (laughs) So they pop off the keyboard, put on a new keyboard. It was like crazy. I have no idea how they do it, but it's magic, Apple magic, if you will. In addition, I said, I apologize to the, to the, to the genius. I go, I go, I'm sorry. Like who, who knows what came out of that keyboard? Um, Uh (laughs) and I'm, and I said, I was going to actually take some compressed air to it, but I just didn't have any, I didn't even think about it. And I was going to, and then I go, you know, if I'm going to put compressed air it might as well be apple approved compressed air and oh, he goes, they right.
1: some of that? oh yeah like in space balls like maybe a little can you can open apple branded air if they
0: had apple approved brand you know i would probably get that but one thing that i saw there so digressing out of this is one thing i saw and noticed not only during the wwdc uh keynote but after that um and when i walked around the store was how they had the devices set up and what was interesting is that I noticed a very stark difference of the iPads versus mm-hmm. the last time I went into an Apple store, which was maybe a year ago or so.
1: Oh, OK. So uh, usually they're what they, they have the big brown tables out and they're just kind of lying on the tables, but uh, they have a little stand. Right. So it's up at like 10 degrees or something. I think that's the usual display.
0: Yep, that's correct. So usually, yeah, correct. It, it's not like a 45 degree or a 50 degree. Mm-hmm. It's like a 10 degree. So they're slanted back, almost like a keyboard. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Not that way. Yeah.
0: Um, not that way at all. Completely uh-huh. different this round. Um, every single uh iPad, whether it was a Mac or an iPad Pro or the other iPad, the mini ones or whatever, every single iPad in the store um was attached to the uh, foldable um, mm. stand that folded
1: out to have a keyboard every single wow. one that's the smart keyboard probably then right it's the mm-hmm. one that's integrated in, in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so eat all of them huh not just the pros not just the pros from from my like there was a lot of people
0: in there and a lot of people in apple shirts but from my yeah poking around, I noticed that all of the iPhones themselves were on little tiny stands. And then every single iPad was that Mm -hmm. way. And I was like blown away because I go, Ooh, this is a different pitch. It, It may not seem like to the avid consumer that like, Oh, there's a keyboard on there so I can use a keyboard. And I go, no, no, no. This specifically is kind of talking on what they want to do with this device. And to me, it was saying, Hey, we really want to be a laptop competitor.
1: And it's about gosh darn time because (laughs) I've always felt this way about the iPad. You know me. I love my iPad. Um, I've always wanted it to be a creation and professional device. And so I'm having these mixed feelings while you're talking because one part of me is I love that they're treating it like a professional thing. Um, And I guess our definition of professional now means laptop, I guess. That's whatever. Keyboard. So the part that bothers me is that it takes a keyboard to convince people this is a professional device because really it has, you know what it has? An on-screen glass keyboard that you can't get any crumbs under. The keys are so shallow, not even dust can get into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I- I'm super happy that Apple's... Um, really reinvesting again in the ipad i kind of see it as in the beginning they released the ipad no one really knew what to make of it or then it was great for movies and for reading books and email and the web and things like that Mm -hmm. eventually a few years ago they started uh becoming pro with the release of the pro ipad a lot of grid upgrades what was that ios 9 or 10 maybe 9 i think 9 yeah 9 Yeah. And so this is every two years, (laughs) we get a reinvestment in the iPad. And I think they did some awesome things with iOS 11. So it's great to know that they're promoting it that way.
0: Yeah. And I think that as I kind of wanted to unpack this episode, I I kind of wanted to talk about this current state, which is kind of what you talked about of just the iPad itself and its evolution, which it went through this pro branding, you know, and for me, Mm -hmm. I think you're right in the beginning, no one knew what to do with the iPad, but it was a really good um consumption device and by consumption yeah. i mean video consumption like you said email consumption web consumption and game consumption
1: oh i forgot games
0: that one's huge <laughs> mm-hmm. probably its biggest use i would say is probably <laughs> uh, playing games on it and, and and things like that i whenever i see people going around they're either watching a netflix show like on a plane or some downloadable itunes thing mm-hmm. that they did or they're playing a game on it and i for a long time was always made fun of i didn't make fun of people but i would joke i would say when i would see someone You know, walk into a meeting and all they would bring is an iPad. I'm like, Uh, what are you you doing?
1: (laughs) See, I thought you were going to make fun of the iPad photographers there for a second. And I was getting all set to defend me and my brethren, brethren. (laughs) the people who actually do like to take pictures with their iPad. But yeah, the meeting one, um, I've been doing that since day one. Uh, I've always wanted a tablet device. I remember when Microsoft first released you know, uh, Windows XP for tablets, tablet edition, something. And then we had those first generation of tablets and you could write on them, you could draw pictures. Still, no one quite knew what to do with them. I remember I was first getting my emails with markup all over them and they were kind of <laughs> silly to read, but, you know, it felt modern. And so uh, I think we've always, we've always had the Star Trek model. We've always known we, we want these devices. So it's just taken us a little while to figure out um, for apps to figure out how to become professional and for us to figure out how to become professional on it. That's a
0: good that's a good point that it, it's more than just the device that makes it a professional device. I think that there is there's the peripherals, there's the OS and of course the apps that, that go with that. And I think that that if you look at Microsoft as a whole, putting all of the Office suite and making it really really rich on the iPad, they're like, Hey, you know, you're going to carry this huge iPad pro, you know, (laughs) 15 inch around with you. You want really a full PowerPoint. You want all this stuff. You know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense to me. And I really kind of, I started thinking about it different because, you know, I'm an Android user and I have an iPad pro, but I only demo it when I demo continuous Mm -hmm. and I've had Android tablets and I've always used them in consumption devices. And in Google made a very interesting thing a while ago. Which was that they made everything windowed. So you could drag and drop windows in free form in Android, I think, N, for instance. Is that right.
1: Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. That sounds fantastic.
0: It's really cool, it's almost like a Chromebook where it now can run Android apps and they're all windowed. And because apps in, apps in Android, since every single device has to be so many different sizes, it already had to, all your apps already had to adjust <laughs> to everything under the sun, so why not adjust for free-forming windows and make it more of an operating system feel? Which I thought was cool, because even on the phone, you could do side-by-side then, so you could actually like do top and bottom and split screen and iOS, what, nine or 10, whatever, got that side-by-side yeah. view. I, I saw this evolution to the pro device, which is the operating system. Once they introduced side-by-side apps and they highlighted it on the iPad, I said, this is the natural evolution that the iPad will eventually be the pro device For a majority of people, as a developer, I get a lot closer, but I have the multi-thousand windows. Like right now, I have 18 Chrome tabs open. I have Slack. I have Keep. I have Visual Studio. I have have all those things open and in multiple monitors, right? So for me, it's not going to get me there, but on the go professional, perhaps.
1: Well, could I actually explain where you're making a mistake? Instead of all those monitors, every one of those monitors should be an iPad. Let me introduce (laughs) you to the multi-pad lifestyle. (laughs) Oh, I see what you're saying. You just need five iPads. That's Mm the natural evolution of all this. I like that. Uh, Yeah. No, the keyboard Um, would be hard to work out because do I have multiple keyboards for all of them? No, no, just one iPad becomes the keyboard itself. And if Uh, you need a number pad, that could be like an iPhone or something, I guess. Yeah, I, I totally honestly see the future of well, I think the mobile phone's always going to be our central computing device. It's just how things are going. Mm-hmm. But then you're going to want a bigger workstation. And I think, honestly, it's going to be tablets. I think it's just going to be the developers and the, the hardcore engineers that are going to be using big desktops in the future. So it's for me, it's, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm pig headed or something, but that just seems like the inevitable outcome. And so every time I see the iPad take an advancement, that's just, I'm waiting to catch up to that future in my mind of, yeah, let's just keep pushing these things until they're good enough to ditch the laptops.
0: Yeah. So if someone was to go out and buy iPads today, like what is that spectrum? Like, you know, what mm. what is Apple signaling? When I go to apple.com slash iPad, which I'm pretty mm. sure that's a domain name, it is, there is a Pro, iPad, Mini. So these are the three that I have. And I assume the iPad is the old, no, it's a some iPad.
1: Yeah, they've they finally gotten rid of the iPad two i think was the one that everyone was buying (laughs) and that was kind of horrendous it had a slow processor and it um it was just hard to support i don't think i think it lost out a few operating systems ago they ditched it Mm -hmm. uh so it's it's good that we actually have modern hardware but i think the mini is starting to get a little long in the tooth if memory is serving me right i don't have the specs Mm -hmm. in front of me I think Apple's pushing everyone toward this Pro one, to be honest. The price point is higher than the other ones, for sure, but it's still well under $1,000. You can pick one up, and it's just an amazing device. It's The CPU in it is basically laptop class from a few years ago. Uh, yeah. People, I mean, well, Don't write in. <laughs> don't send me benchmarks. <laughs> but well, it the, feels like it from a developer's perspective. Yeah. The
0: 10.5 inch, I mean, it's 650 bucks, which I, I think is pretty good price and it comes in rose gold. So pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Um, done. <laughs> done. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely under, yeah, you're, you're looking at a, a, a relatively moderately priced laptop, but the thing I think you're correct is that these, the tech specs on this thing, right? It's running the, what a 10 X are they up to 10 X? <laughs>
1: oh boy. And X. my knowledge. Here. Fusion.
0: <laughs> I don't even know
1: what that means. I think um, this is a weird thing where it can bounce around cores, things like yeah. that. The cores are very scalable dynamic.
0: Yeah. And it has. And that's the thing is what's interesting about this device. When I look at it as a, the state of this iPad, right? It's not just the processor. I mean, this thing has your sensors. It has location. I mean, it has your cellular. It has your your microphone. Yeah. It has a speaker. It has a camera on it. It has, you know, it has all this stuff that, you gotta spend a lot of money to and some laptops aren't even gonna have that unless you're going crazy pro on a, you know, surface laptop, which is gonna be like three grand, or a MacBook Pro, which is three grand. And then you're in that whole other class. So to me, this is mind-boggling that I remember when I started mobile development, I was like, Man, I have this supercomputer in the palm of my hand, but no, 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 like literally we have a supercomputer, <laughs> if you will in this tiny little 10 inch thing that has multi-touch, has all of these, mm-hmm. all this other junk in there that like is never even possible under like a desktop computer. So to me, like this unlocks from a high level perspective, what we need to do as developers to really bring our software into that pro level. So to me, I'm really interested. Like I've always been a tablet hater, Frank, I've hated on the <laughs> tablets and I don't know if I'm ready, but I have, I'm like getting more excited about it.
1: Yeah, and, and I want to throw one more thing into that pile. Is uh, the digitizer? The fact that we can use a proper stylus now. So Microsoft got ahead on. Uh, ahead of apple on this one the surface has had it for a while but uh apple caught up and we have a beautiful digitizer that can do very accurate pen input Mm. and we'll talk about it in a bit but it's uh, 240 hertz it's getting up there it's feeling almost real time do you remember a while ago microsoft did a demo i think it was when they were first releasing the surface where they demonstrated different latencies when using a pencil on the Mm -hmm. screen You saw that demo? Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting because they showed, I think at first, they showed um, 10 times a second, then 100 times a second, 200 times a second, 500 times a second, 1,000 times a second. So when we first got the pencil on the iPad, it was going at 100 times a second. But now we're up to 200 times a second, 240 hertz. And Microsoft showed that you really want to be around the one kilohertz. You want to be at 1,000. That's when it actually looks like really real reality. Uh, but given that our screens will never get to that point, like, <laughs> we're, we're happy to get 120 hertz. But Microsoft did that awesome tech demo. Suffice it to say, what I'm trying to say is we have an awesome new highly accurate input device, too. So it's not just us trying to scribble our signature with our giant thumbs and fingers. you know. Doing. Yeah.
0: And it has that, um, I, you know, I actually went into the Microsoft store, which was across the, across the walkway from the Apple mm-hmm. store <laughs> and they had the new surface, um, studio thing out and they had a, oh, yeah. they, they had a pen. And, and of course the app that was on there was with the dial and inking and, and mm-hmm. going through in the depth of it. I think it still has the same depth, depth perception, right? Because Miguel demoed that in our simulator, which is that you have the depth of the pen. So it's not actually just the, the, the amount of the refresh rate, but it's also that that screen is density aware of how hard you're actually pressing Mm -hmm. on it, which kind of makes it feel as though you're actually literally pen on paper, which I think is really interesting.
1: You know, I still haven't found a good app for it, though. And this is getting back to what we were saying. You know, the hardware has to increase, the OS has to increase, and the apps have to catch up. Every time I try to get, like, a good inking and drawing pen uh, app, they they all ha- come with, like, these very skeuomorphic, like, canvas-textured paper and a pencil that draws very lightly. <laughs> and they do all this kind of silly stuff. And... This is, we're going through like a skeuomorphic phase with input, and it's a little bit ridiculous to me, because they do actually have this very high accurate sensitivity range where they can do, um, you know, thicker pen blots and thinner pen blots, but we're all translating those to like archaic brushes and fountain pens, and I'm like, okay, guys, can we get past this stage? (laughs) So I'm looking for apps to still increase there, but yeah, the hardware's there. The apps have to catch up.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think we both got really excited on our full WWDC recap. We talked a little bit about iOS 11. We talked a little bit about the iPad, just a little bit of what was announced with the iPad Pro. And we talked a little bit about some of the new features. And I wanted to go real in depth on this episode to say, listen, we have the devices, we have the hardware, what can we do with them? And I know that you've been playing around with it specifically. So before we jump into there, let's take a break really quick and thank our amazing Brand new sponsor this week. That's right. We keep, it's it, you know, this show goes because of our amazing listeners and sponsors that help Merge Conflict. And this week it is Telerik. Uh, Telerik specifically have amazing controls for just about every single thing that you can build, whether it's WPF, UWP, WinForms, Ajax, MVC, ASP.NET, jQuery, Angular. They have UI for absolutely everything. And specifically they want to talk a little bit about their brand new release of UI for Xamarin. So Telerik UI for Xamarin. If you're building Xamarin apps, and all you, they have amazing iOS and Android controls, but they have a full suite for Xamarin forms, too. So this is everything that you can think of possible. so charts, list views, calendars, data grids, linear gauges, autocomplete forms, um, busy indicators, day views, I mean, segmented controls. They have everything that you could possibly want all in one beautiful UI toolkit. And I love some of their controls that they have. Like they have a brand new um, tab control that really um, aligns the tabs across every single platform. Or really for me, I love this. I mean, calendar controls that are beautiful native controls where you have really full rich integration because that thing is ridiculously hard to to me to make yourself. So the Telerik UI for Xamarin brings all of that together. What's amazing here is that you can try it all for free. They have demo applications that you can download. Just put a, pull it up on your iOS or Android device. And of course, you can download the Telerik uh, UI for Xamarin for free. Get a free 30-day trial. Um, so try it out for a whole month and start integrating it into your mobile applications. You can go to Telerik.com to find the UI uh, toolkit. That's Telerik.com, T-E-L-E-R-I-K.com. And thanks, Telerik, for sponsoring Merge Conflict.
1: Yeah, it's great to have Telerik. Uh, they've been around forever. I remember hearing them on some of the earliest .NET pod- podcasts I listened to. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. I mean,
0: <laughs> it's it's one of those things we talk about it of all of these amazing things that we don't want to do ourselves. And I think <laughs> that finally, Apple has kind of started to do that with the iPad, right? Which is they've oh, introduced yeah. a beautiful, elegant API that is called drag and drop
1: uh yes um i think we've all been dying for this do you remember when the iphone first came out and it didn't have a clipboard you couldn't copy and paste text mm. yeah. all patiently waited for that feature because turns out you want to do that a lot um the same kind of goes for the ipad uh you were mentioning the 15 inch ipad which does not exist sir it's 12.9 inches it, it so feels kind of like huge. it's
0: 24 <laughs> inches <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so we have this uh, 24 inch monitor a foot away from our face and we have these giant apps on them full of icons it's a very rich ui it's gorgeous and you think oh i have this picture i want to tweet that picture i'll just drag it from this app and drop it into the twitter app and oh right nothing drags in iOS. And so I think it was a real just missing feature. I think everyone wants to drag. I mean, we're using our fingers all the time. Of course, you want to drag things around.
0: Well, and also at the same time, not only do you want to drag, but you have multiple applications open at the same time. And right now it's Mm. two, but I almost see them leveraging and doing a lot more apps (laughs) once the, once the processors get even faster.
1: Yeah, this, this is a part where we, we should have talked about this when we we're talking about the windowing part um, and becoming professional. So all of our big desktop operating systems have windows, but namely the big feature they have is overlapping windows. There were old operating systems back in the day. Maybe mm-hmm. some of the nerds in the audience will know about Oberon, O-B-E-R-O-N, and that was a tiled windowed approach. And that was your windows could never overlap, but you've just built a big grid of windows mm-hmm. on your screen. And I think, yeah, we're kind of headed in that direction i don't think we'll ever get overlapping windows but we'll probably get tiled windows got it like that. but drag and drop um i i think i saw miguel tweet something we do we, do we mention miguel in every episode i think
0: I mean, so it, it's a merge conflict thing. staple.
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, i think he said um apple once again implements a beautiful api drag and drop and uh <laughs> my my response was well it's their third shot you know it's their third time implementing drag and drop they did it uh, for next step they did it uh, for os 10 and <laughs> no. <laughs> and now we get it in ios and it's 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 kind of wonderful because it's a pretty simple api that your program has to adopt if you ever implemented any clipboard features in your app then the api is so very similar to that and you're halfway done uh, pretty much any view that is like any component of the screen can become a drag target, drag uh, source, that kind of thing. Wow. And the you implement like whew, two or three methods. I can't remember. There's there's an interface you have to implement. I'm, look, I'm they, looking at it
0: here. It's the UI drag interaction delegate. Ooh, yes. Whatever. That is what it is. It's a <laughs> protocol. So that would be an interface over
1: in the Xamarin world. And there's drag interaction. Um, There's a bunch of things on it. But basically, the the nuts and bolts is it's if you start a drag operation, it needs to get some data. And the way uh, Apple implemented it, they were trying to be very secure. So you provide the data to it. It doesn't encrypt it or anything, but it puts it in its own little sandbox kind of where no apps can see it until you actually drop it on an app. mm -hmm. It's a little security feature that's kind of nice. If you think about things like OS 10, I I don't remember exactly how Windows works, but I, I can talk about OS 10. If I'm dragging something around the screen and it hovers over the app, then the app can read all of that data, e- e- even if I don't drop it in that app, because I might drop it. So it supports yeah. that.
0: And they may want to display like a custom user interface Mm -hmm. or something during that drop and start investigating. So if I drag an MP3 file onto iTunes or something, iTunes has the ability at that point to do whatever it wants. That's what happens in the browser, right? The browser, you hover it over, the website has access to it and bingo bango.
1: Yeah. And then so Apple just made it a little more secure by uh you you actually the API's a little more restrictive. So you can't read the data until someone drops it. Which is wonderful. I love it when Apple does security minded things. It just feels good. What
0: kind of data would you pass? I mean, I'm seeing here that you can literally drag easily, obviously, an image, UI image. Mm -hmm. This makes a lot of sense, dragging images across. I feel as though they mentioned that some of the things are already supported. So text and web view content, I think you don't have to do anything. It's just already there. But just because you can drag something, you have to be able to drop it. (laughs) And the receiving app has to... Uh, Like, implement stuff, right?
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, what Apple invented uh, might even be from Next Step is they have a content type system. Hmm. So, anytime I publish data, I tag it with a bunch of this is an image. It could also be maybe there's a text version of it too uh, for Hmm. accessibility and things like that. And so, if I have an item, I can have multiple versions of the item each with their own content types mm. so i might start with if i let's say I was implementing copy from like a web browser and I hit copy, I'll want a copy of the plain text in case I put it into like a coding editor. I might want the rich text version of it that uh, uh, survives um, bolding and italics and font changes, things like that. Or I might actually want the HTML version. That's like the actual raw code of it. And so you can publish the data in these various content types. Then the consumer app simply says, these are the content types I accept. And that's how the handshake happens. Nice and simple.
0: Yeah, so for instance, this is a good a good example of text maybe. So this is the HTML version. This is the markdown version. This is mm-hmm. the plain text version. And this, some different apps may support different just text, some support markdown, so they get that rich content. I think that it happens in Windows. Like sometimes when you copy and paste stuff, based on what the app can do with it, it may really make it pretty or may make it not so pretty.
1: Yeah. That I mean, that becomes a tricky part of your app. Uh, you run into this if you're implementing paste from mm. the, the clipboard. Like I said, they're basically the same technology. So this would happen. You you publish which formats you accept, and then say you get something that contains both HTML and plain text. Well, and now it's up to your app to make an intelligent, you know, hashtag intelligent decision. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, do you remember like Excel and Word? Uh, maybe more Excel. When you hit paste, it makes a guess of what you actually wanted to do with that paste but then it also pops up an icon with a menu of like 800 different variations of the command paste in case Mm -hmm. you want a different version Mm -hmm. yeah you could implement a ui kind of like that but hopefully you can just make a good guess at what they wanted to paste yeah i think drop in this case sorry (laughs) yeah that
0: makes sense i'm pretty interested in it because it looks like it's can you imp- and you can implement it on any view but it seems like they're really saying like hey do you have a table view a collection view or a image view you should probably do this immediately
1: yeah uh, this is apple just making life easier for us most of the the big views that we all build our apps out of already support basically the hard parts of it you might have to fill in one or two functions here but in the case of something like an image view i think it might be 100% done for you maybe 99% yeah it's pretty interesting I, when apple- <laughs> Yeah, They're and it seems. AI design.
0: Yeah, and it seems like in general, I'll link to these these docs and stuff like that in the show notes. But I'm looking at a lot of the the pages that they've they've also implemented it system wide, right? So, mm. what I would be doing currently is saying like, hey, do I do? Does my app do something that like news or notes or photos or maps or keynote? Do they do something in there? How did what did Apple do? Right? Because they probably have a pretty good grasp on uh, how this puppy should be implemented.
1: Yeah, and if I can uh, tell the developers out there, sometimes these content types are a little tricky. You may not know which apps support what. Uh, so a nice little simple hack is try to get the IPA file for that app, uh, mm. unzip it, go look at that info.plist, and it'll tell you exactly uh, what kind of data it can output and input. And so I just always recommend that because the... The plist files, you know, love plist files in iOS. Mm-hmm. They're kind of complicated, so it's easier to just copy and paste someone else's. <laughs> so, have you gone through
0: this have you implemented drag and drop into any of your apps already? Because you have a lot of file-based applications and even continuous is file bases. Like, is there drag and drop from the file system? Are you seeing it from other apps? Like, are, have you found integrations? I know you're. I know you installed yeah. iOS 11 <laughs> on the day that it dropped.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you you gotta ride that wave. Uh, You know, I actually never even considered file drop. Um, We can talk about other things about files that were introduced in iOS 11. But for drag and drop, I didn't consider files yet. But I'm going to have to think about that one. Now, what Mm -hmm. we haven't mentioned is drag and drop is actually useful within the app. So you're not always just dragging data around in the apps. I think we've all tried to write UI gesture recognizers to like, oh, they seem to be dragging this thing. But then you set a state machine and then you start writing all your own drag and drop Mm-hmm. Drag and drop was never first class in the OS. It was it was annoying, honestly. <laughs> so anytime you wanted to do that kind of feature, you you had to hand implement it, and and you see that all the time. People don't write apps that have a lot of draggy, droppy behavior because it's hard. So the nice thing is though, this whole system that they built works within the app. So something like iCircuit, where I have a parts library. Mm-hmm. And drag a resistor into the circuit, drag a power source into the circuit, Mm -hmm. I can rewrite that code instead of my own crazy drag-and-drop system that I have to just use the one built into the OS. So you can get some code cleanup, too. Yeah, because I know that the only part that really had drag-and-drop that
0: i remember was when you put the table view into the editable mode and you there was a the little mm-hmm. things and you could drag them up and down and that was basically the animations were built in but nothing else from what my recollection that recollection was
1: yeah actually i totally forgot about those i so rarely use them uh yeah that's the reordering things uh yeah, it, it should be much easier now to write that kind of stuff. I, the one place where I always wanted then my file managers was, um, just moving files from folder to folder within the app again, you know, and I think getting out of the app, you just. You want to drag and drop. It just feels natural. We've been trained on it with a mouse and it makes even more sense with the finger.
0: Yeah, I think it does. I mean, especially when you're just literally saying like, oh, "I'm going to, you know, move this thing over here." And if I had a mouse, I would probably take the mouse and then move the thing anyways, mm-hmm. but it's like I'm so used to having it touch enabled. And I think iPad users are have been wanting that. And I think they having introduced that where you can have the different sizes of multiple apps side by side and scrolling back and forth to resize them gets them even thinking about oh I can interact more with the app and resize it and move things than just scroll up and down and tap right because I think that's all we were used to is like <laughs> scrolling up and down and tap. But I can think of a world where a master detail view, right? When you think of a master detail view oh, having yeah. stuff that you're dragging and dropping out like oh I'm dragging all these controls out and they know how to handle and just those animations come in for free. Cause from my understanding is since it's basically just a view, let's say you had a circle, a square and a triangle and you're making a game for a a child to drag out shapes right and put them in something Mm -hmm. what's nice here is that literally it will snapshot the entire view and and give you all of those free animations
1: yeah, that's the nice part of the operating system implementing it is they're in control of the window manager, they're in control of, you know, the low level input. So you just kind of hope and assume that they're going to be running that code very performant. And like you said, they throw in all the animations for you. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking like, yeah, a simple game, you could totally do like a card game or something out of this API.
0: Oh, that'd be nice. And not only is it single view, but it's multi view too, which I don't think we even
1: talked about at oh, all. Yeah. <laughs> the bananas. gestures are a little funny, but yeah, you can do multi-selection. So even after you've picked something up, you can pick another thing up, pick another thing up. And then here's the crazy part. Here's where it actually kind of becomes a little professional is um, you can flick up from the bottom, expose the dock, mm. and start dragging things into um, apps. Because if you think about it before, it, maybe we had side-by-side apps, dragging makes sense, but at some point you're going to have to go to an app that's not on screen. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that
0: the, the app icon can be down there. So let's say I'm in, I'm on a web page and I find a code file, all right, mm-hmm. and I take that code file and I drag and drop it onto the continuous icon
1: <laughs> and then you can
0: open my code file from GitHub or from another application. Is that what you're telling me?
1: Boy, gee golly whiz, that sounds like an awesome feature. I can't wait to see that.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, right, it's definitely. like I take a gist and uh, i see the gist or i see a page i'm like i'm just going to copy this code and put it right into my my continuous
1: boy i just noticed you said gist that's so cute i say is that how you
0: say it Gist. i call it gist
1: yeah but it's a gif so who knows never mind okay (laughs) we're not going down that path sorry uh so have you gotten to see the new doc they've really cleaned up multitasking on the uh new ipad before they had the the task switcher that you know from the phone where you double click the home button and then you can slide through some pages they Mm -hmm. had that on the ipad on a 12.9 inch screen like these (laughs) thumbnails were as big as my head (laughs) and i'm just like you can't fit a few more thumbnails on here so they finally cleaned up that screen
0: yeah. So you have, it looks like up to here, five six seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. I'm assuming it like kind of just keeps going. It's very much like a Mac doc, right? And there's everything. And then at the mm-hmm. same time, there's like this weird flyout view that has all of your mobile applications. So you can easily see all the mobile apps and their current state and the side-by-side. If you go to the yeah. iPad website, which is in the show notes, you'll see the Excel and Word, which are actually two apps, but they're in side-by-side mode, which is yeah. kind of interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and honestly, I, I, I was joking earlier, I've actually had to practice this a little bit. Apple's usually really good at intuitive, and for the most part, they're intuitive. But it took me a tiny bit of practice to get used to the new drag-and-drop for docking apps side-by-side and doing you know, kind of advanced window management, I guess you would call it. Um, it, it wasn't easy. <laughs> a few pro tips. Just spend an hour dragging everything everywhere and see how the ipad reacts because it's going to take some learning but and once you've learned it uh it's pretty nice they in in fact added the feature i think everyone wanted was you could have a side-by-side app docked to the left hand side of the screen before it was very right hand focused and i'm right-handed but it still seemed odd that it was always on the right hand side but now you can dock the little guy to the left all the surface people are totally rolling their eyes stop it stop rolling your (laughs) eyes (laughs) Uh, it's
0: it's, it's good to see this evolution and it seems even as though that the pen the pencil the apple pencil will become more of a a statement because when you go to slash ipad you can kind of tell a lot of apple based on what's above the fold so when i go to apple.com slash ipad the first thing I see above the fold is it says iPad Pro, which immediately means that this is the iPad that they want me to buy.
1: Mm-hmm. I also
0: see this beautiful sleeve and right in front of it, I see an Apple pencil. Yeah. So this to me, I mean, I wish I would have saw something with a keyboard, which is next the literally the next thing that you see. So what's, here's what's interesting is in the state of the iPad and the developers and where Apple is pushing users to go. You scroll down to the next thing. And what you see is Apple Pencil on the left and Smart yeah. Keyboard on the right. What they're literally telling you is, here's your mouse, here's your
1: keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they're literally no. telling you. Okay, I'll, I'll, your, your your finger is still the mouse. Your finger is the mouse. Mm-hmm. The Pencil is there because, um, honestly, it's a better input device. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> just ergonomically, just comfort. Precision you know precision it pretty much wins on every front Mm -hmm. um our fingers are great but the the pencil the writing instrument has been around for you know how many millennia (laughs) a lot of a lot of those millennia so i think we all just agree that it's a great input device and um everyone was doing this anyway i remember before the pencil everyone had some kind of stylus that they could use on their device and that just made it more comfortable but the precision is nice, especially for me who likes to write kind of CAD software, drawing kind of software. It's just mm-hmm. so much better with a pencil. And so I, I love that push. And now you, you mentioned you hate tablets. Um, have True. you ever thought about markup? Like, Have you ever just had an image in front of you and you wanted to write something funny on it and send it off to your friend? Does that interest you at all, or mark up a PDF or anything like that?
0: Oh, mark, I was thinking of mark. Every time you say mark, I think of markdown immediately. I'm like, it's gonna be really hard for me to do an exclamation point, open bracket, close bracket. Mm, mm. Know, um,
1: <laughs> um, but let me say again, graffiti. Do you, do you wanna throw graffiti all around on your screen? Um,
0: I think what I want, I'm not really a writer. Now, yeah. well, here's the thing. So we were discussing earlier, here's the problem. Is this is what I want to be able to do, Frank, is Mm. I, well, you and I were talking about some changes that we're making to an app that we work on together and we were talking about different states and you know what I had to go do is I just pulled a random piece of paper which had all these other notes on it and I started writing and drawing arrows on it and I'm going to lose this piece of paper and lose all the Mm -hmm. notes so I better implement it really fast. Correct. And that's the point of view where I would, I would love to have the ability to say like, I would take a, oh, this is amazing. This is what I want, Frank. Take a screenshot of the app that I'm working on and then write on top of it and then save that and put it into a Trello card
1: they literally have that (laughs) but the the newest ios 11 feature is that's actually really nice is when you take a screenshot which is something i do all the time Mm -hmm. uh they they make it kind of first class they make it um a a little icon appears Mm -hmm. in the lower left you can tap it that's when you can start marking it up with a pencil you can share it immediately so they've actually really refined the screenshot flow and i think that should work pretty well for pictures too because i thought at first you were going to say i want to scribble it on a pad and then take a picture of the uh, pad of paper because that's smart too oh, sometimes your know, device just isn't sitting there you can do that and too i
0: mean i imagine i have like some of those scanner applications that scan it and well, do some stuff in the market right
1: they built it right into the notes app now so all yeah, those yes. scanner apps got sherlocked. <laughs> so, sherlocked yeah yeah so uh right in the notes app you take a picture. It's not quite as good as some of the apps I have, but it does a reasonable enough job. Good enough. The Notes app has gotten really... If you want to see what Apple's promoting, open the Notes app and see what it can do, see what its new features are. I like that. Cool. I'm, I'm actually really excited about this. I
0: know it seems like it's weird to get so excited about what Apple is doing in drag and drop when all these other platforms have had it for a while. But I think when Apple starts to do it, then mm-hmm. everyone else gets real excited about it. So I think that that's kind of the evolution of it, that it's like, hey, if Apple starts pushing this and us as developers, we get onto it, then you know the lives of everyone's going to be better in general. Yeah. But it kind of opens up new opportunities. And I think it will really make the iPad or just the tablet as a whole start to really become this professional you know yeah device
1: plus we have to uh show up all those web developers you know native drag and drop is so easy but doing that in a web view that's really hard so (laughs) yeah, (laughs) have to take advantage of all those opportunities Uh, but uh, you know i'm making a joke but actually i mean it. like i said earlier uh, very few apps actually have any kind of dragging in them so it'll it'll just be nice to have that user interaction added to apps so how long do you think we're
0: how long do you think we're off until a year, two years before like you feel really good about downloading any app and like feeling it integrated? How do you feel?
1: Mm. <laughs> you know, Ever? all the old apps, they'll, they'll never integrate the new system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm thinking like a year or two out is when it'll become a natural. Um, it, you know, I always think of pull to refresh with the table view. Remember how mm-hmm. that wasn't baked in, but then someone kind of invented it and we all agreed that that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like the same thing will kind of happen with drag and drop. Um, we will developers will play with it. We'll experiment around, see if we can introduce any new concepts. Maybe we can't. Maybe the desktop showed them all off. But in general, I'm just kind of excited to see if anything new and interesting comes out of it.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it is that there does take some time for the devs to get up to speed on it. And it's nice that Apple already put it in every single of the of the main (laughs) applications, I would say. So that's kind of a good way and good encouragement, because I think what has to happen essentially is I call these um, release day features where it's like when you launch a television and you see these televisions come out, it's like it's got this, it's got this, it's got this. It's just like, well, it better have it. And if it doesn't have it, then it's basically (laughs) no one's going to look at it.
1: Yeah, and I think apps that don't have drag and drop will feel very static and kind of dead almost or, you know, broken.
0: (laughs) So what can people do today? Well, just get the docs, just start reading
1: or... (laughs) Um, uh, if you're a Xamarin developer, you got to go Google around a tiny bit, but you can find a early binding to iOS 11. You're going to have to download iOS 11, put it on one of your precious devices, hopefully not a device you care too much about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me, I put it right onto my daily phone because whatever, I can handle it. <laughs> uh, put that onto a phone. You got to download the new Xcode. You got to bang your head against provisioning profiles for a little bit. Get all that back and working. Um, but basically, yeah, read the docs, get started. I think you'll be surprised once you compile your app for iOS 11, uh, how much is actually already built in, how much you actually don't need to do. And I think Mm. you'll find out right away, um, the parts of your app that feel like they need it and the parts that don't, It'll be that that. simple.
0: That's going to be my goal. I think I'm going to go play around with my iPad Pro and, uh, and uh, upgrade it maybe and give it a feel around and, and start up another device. It's like almost like not only do I need a device to put iOS 11 on, but I also need another device for Xcode. I know you can run them side by side, but I demo too much to,
1: to do any <laughs> yeah. of that
0: shenanigans. So I'm going to have to give it a go. But uh, cool. Um, cool. So uh, before we get out of here, I want to do uh, a little bit of listener feedback. We oh, had one. Is that okay with you? Yeah, it sounds good. Yes, yeah, so this is uh, Chris uh, Hubbard. He he wrote in. He said he was listening to our last episode. And I don't know which one's the last episode because it could be two or three or four back. But um, specifically, he was talking about our concerns about losing your key store and oh. also the concerns about maybe putting it into your GitHub repo or into your source control or anything like that. And he wanted to point out this new feature, which I actually saw light up in my Play Developer Console um, last week, I think, or the week before, which is Google now has this Developer portal auto signing ah. of your application.
1: Oh, cool. okay. Am I uploading my key store to them? Is so what you
0: happening? do is yes, you upload your key store to them, and I'll have to find a link to this to put it in there. You upload your key store, um, and you can it, you can be recreated if you need to. And essentially what you do is you upload um, your application, which is unsigned, or maybe it's already signed. We'll just re-sign it, I guess, um, hmm. with the uploaded key store. And what's interesting here is that I think you, you upload the unsigned one and then they sign it. And what they can do is they can essentially um, scan the application pre-signing and optimize it for particular devices. Oh, so re- wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's interesting. So they want to be able to tear the app apart. That means they need to be able to control the signing because if you upload a signed app, they can't touch it. That's the whole point of signing it. Exactly. Uh, Right. So that's very interesting. I I like that they've come around to the Apple side of now there's going to be a, a provisioning website and all that terribleness. But it's nice to get that feature of performance optimizations. That's always good.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I'm trying to find the. Here we go. It's called... App signing under release management <laughs> Very good. It says how it works today. So it says you upload it, they sign it. Yeah, your normal process is you sign it, you do stuff. It's the reverse, right? They sign it. So it mm-hmm. says what they can do is um, th- let me see if there's actual benefit benefits. It says that they will. Um, oh, here's the learn more. Perfect, I'm all about it. <laughs> Jeez. It's a, it's a little well, bit interesting. I think mean, this yeah. is
1: good just so I don't lose the key store, how you kind of <laughs> open this up. I'm so worried about that stupid file. In fact, I was just yelling at a friend earlier this week who says, I, I have this key store. What should I do with it?" I'm like, protect it, defend it, <laughs> make a million backups of it.
0: Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, that's, I kind of want to see this in more. The only thing that's interesting, though, is that once you sign in, you cannot opt
1: out. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Once you're
0: in... Wow. For security, you're really in.
1: <laughs> is, is that extortion? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, They really want that key store. So kind <laughs> of be aware of that. I'm interested in it because I did learn about this at Google I.O. and I was like, eh, whatever. It wasn't rolled out yet, but I may do it, but probably not. I don't know. I just feel like my CI already does it uh, for me. But the yeah, thing is, point. you want the optimization,
1: yeah i guess i would actually want to see for reals what the optimization is and if it's worth it i mean most apps don't need it let's let's be honest you're clicking a button and you're downloading some data from the web um it's fine but you know for some of the apps yeah it might be worth it yeah so be aware that'd be pretty awesome i think maybe yeah
0: I'm, i'm happy it's there i wish that apple would do something similarly can i just you know they already have all the certs and everything just like sign that puppy
1: Oh, we're fast laning it now. I just installed it for the first time. Fast mm. lane.
0: Going I do fast. like the fast lane. That's a whole another episode by itself, Frank. <laughs> well, I don't know. Now I got to go buy a new iPad Pro. My old yeah, one busted. Need I any. need a no. new one. Is that for reals? Or are you just trying to come up with an excuse? No, I'm just getting an excuse. To see if Microsoft good. will buy me a new okay. iPad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have the good. I have the good iPad Pro. I have the good one. I have the good one. So I'm going to go upgrade. You're going to go write some more drag and drop into continuous. Um, you can find Merge Conflict everywhere on the interwebs uh, at MergeConflict.fm. You can leave a show feedback. You can send us an email. You can tweet at us at MergeConflict.fm on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. Frank and I also have a Twitter page. You can contact us at any time. We love it. We also love if you leave us a review on iTunes. That would be spectacular on the Apple podcast application. Until next time, I'm James Monson-Magno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.